You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Duma on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Big Show Hour 4 continues on your Tuesday morning. I'm Patrick Dumas. got GVP along with me. We go down that Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. One more week of NFL preseason to go, and then uh, we do it for real. 16 days away from opening day, and I'm happy to be joined by uh, Jordan Dijani, NFL writer for CBSSports.com. Jordan, how are you doing this morning? Yo, yo, my friends, what's going on? Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, not a problem. Always love having you on the show, of course. Uh, we'll start with, uh, I guess, the big new news uh, dropped yesterday was the Colts giving uh, Jonathan Taylor the okay to find a trade. Uh, Colts seeking uh, a first or uh, a bunch of picks that make up the equivalent. Uh, in other words, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a Colt on opening day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw yesterday that the Colts gave Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. One, I was not surprised. Two, it didn't even register as a major development to me because he's a, the situation, if you look at it, a running back and his agent are going to have to go to other teams, convince them to send valuable trade compensation to the Colts and pay Jonathan Taylor big money. I mean, have you been paying attention to what's been going on with the running back yeah. this offseason? That's why I feel like Jonathan Taylor is not going to get traded. And, and this situation actually reminds me of what Austin Eckler went through earlier this offseason. Now, I know that Eckler and Taylor are in different stages of their careers, but Eckler was similarly given permission to seek a trade and was asked to find a team that would give the Chargers considerable draft compensation, a price that nobody was willing to pay. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Jonathan Taylor, more likely than not, is going to be a Colt on opening day, but this is the NFL. It's completely unpredictable. Who knows what's going to happen? Do teams maybe value Jonathan Taylor right now because he's got one more year left on his rookie deal? Like, okay, let's see what he's got. He's coming back after an injury. He he ran for 1,800 yards two years ago. Is Is maybe that him being on that rookie deal and it being cheap maybe – Maybe bring some teams to the club to the to the table. Maybe in Miami. Maybe maybe if Philadelphia wants to continue to bolster that running back room, is is maybe just him being on the the rookie deal make it maybe a little easier? You know, I don't know about that because I feel like Jonathan Taylor's agent would be talking potential extension yeah, already yeah. with any kind of interested team. And you know, even if you get him for that one year, let's say you give up two second-round picks to the Colts just for one year of Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. then you're already kind of kicking the can down the road. You're going to have to get that extension done. That's probably, if a trade was to come to fruition, which, again, I don't know how likely that is, mm-hmm. I would imagine that his agent and Jonathan Taylor are talking potential extension right now with any interested team. So, no, I, I guess my answer to that question is no. I don't think that the contract situation right now plays any kind of major role into this because what you know you're going to give up valuable trade competition for one year cheap Jonathan Taylor and then you're going to have to talk extension so I don't know how much that really factors into the situation I want to stay in Indianapolis they named uh, Anthony Richardson uh, the starting quarterback uh, their first round pick it'll be I believe their eighth different starter in the last eight seasons uh, heading into uh, to a new season but uh, this this was a rookie that had a really good time at Florida. He may be probably the most raw of the first-round rookies, but maybe has some of the most high skill, maybe maybe, maybe has the highest ceiling. How do you feel about uh, how Anthony Richardson's uh, foray into the NFL will go in the, in the opening weeks for, for the Colts? 
Uh, you don't have to beat around the bush. I mean, Anthony Richardson is undoubtedly the most raw quarterback yeah. in this entire rookie class. Um, so, but here's the thing. It was no, no surprise that he was going to be named a starter. I think Jim Irsay, basically his comments on draft night made it seem like Anthony Richardson was going to start in week one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's fascinating because I think that he's the most raw quarterback in this entire rookie class, but I also think he has the highest ceiling of any rookie quarterback in this class. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy definitely has shades of Cam Newton to him with his running mm-hmm. ability, with the cannon he possesses for an arm. Um, this is a guy who I think can really become an NFL star one day, but again, that's not a foregone conclusion. He's going to have to develop. He's going to have to get those reps, and he's really going to have to turn the corner as a young athlete. I mean, you look at what he did at Florida. Yep. He only had a handful of starts, really. He was only a full-time starter for one season. I think he only had 24 touchdowns in 24 career games. That's tied with Michael Vick for the fewest touchdown passes of any first-round pick over the past couple of decades. So, this is a guy who I think in his rookie season, you're going to see a lot of boneheaded mistakes, but you're going to see yeah. a lot of flashes of superstardom as well. So Anthony Richardson and the Colts are definitely one of the more fascinating storylines of this 2023 season. Uh, another quarterback uh, entering his second year, I will say, uh, Brock Purdy. Uh, he looks like he's going to be clearly clearly the starter there in San Francisco coming after, after, uh, off of his that elbow injury he suffered in the NFC Championship. Uh, and then there's Trey Lance, he who showed... Mm, you know, not the greatest preseason performances, but he's also shown flashes of maybe what he can do. What do you think is going to happen with Trey Lance here in San Francisco? As it looks like Brock Purdy will be the guy. Yeah, it's a good question because I'm sure that the 49ers would be open to moving Trey Lance yeah. to an interested team if they could get some kind of fair trade compensation. But at this stage, you know, considering all that's happened just over the past couple of weeks, maybe even this offseason, I don't think that there's going to be a team that gives the 49ers what they would consider fair for Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. There is a quarterback battle in San Francisco, but it's not for the number one job. It's for the number two yeah. job. It's between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. Darnold is a guy who the 49ers front office apparently loves. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back and look at their comments about this guy over the past offseason. So I don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance, but I would imagine that his career further down the line, I don't know if it's going to happen this year or next year, next offseason, whatever it is, I feel like he's going to be suiting up for a different team at some point in his career. We talked with uh, Charles Davis yesterday, and uh, I, I brought up the question of, like, you, you, you put Philadelphia and San Francisco at the top of the NFC. What's that third team? And he thinks Detroit could be that team that could maybe knock off a of Philadelphia or San Francisco and get to an NFC championship. Do you agree with, with that Lions hype around there? Obviously, a lot of people love them this year, but maybe who's, who's the third team maybe in the NFC in your eyes? Charles Davis, that's a good guy. He was a University, a university of Tennessee yep. star. I went to the University of Tennessee, yep. too. So you guys are having some balls <laughs> on the show. Hell yeah. Well, that's a good question. I mean, with the NFC, it's obviously unpredictable. I think the Cowboys are a team that's going to be probably around that top three, top five in the NFC. But the Lions, you know, it's funny because I'm actually going the other way. I think that we should bet some money on the Vikings to win mm, the yep. NFC North this year. I mean, the Lions haven't done it since, what, 1993? The Vikings just won 13 games this past season. I know that they lost Dalvin Cook and that their defense was absolute garbage, but they brought in Brian Flores to control that side Mm -hmm. of the ball. You should expect some improvement on defense. The Vikings won't win 13 games this year, but I think that they should be very much in the running to repeat as division champions, especially with Aaron Rodgers gone. So, yeah, the Lions are an intriguing team. Uh, Everyone would agree with that. 
but we may be we may be a little too high on them. I'll just say that. So I'm interested yeah. to see what they do. Another team quickly, the Seahawks. I really mm-hmm. do like the Seattle Seahawks this year. I mean, we know what they can do on offense, right? Geno Smith, the rated comeback player of the year. They just drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. Young pieces all over the board. But you should check out what they're doing on defense. Now, the Seahawks defense, much like the Vikings, has been pretty bad over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. But they all of a sudden have some young talent in the secondary with Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen. They got Julian Love in free agency from the Giants. They have probably four young, intriguing pass rushers on the defensive line as well. Oh, and by the way, franchise legend Bobby Wagner is back in the fold. Yeah. So I think the Seahawks are a team to watch in the NFC. I don't know if they can steal the division away from the 49ers, although it may be possible, but that's a team that could be built if they remain healthy for a strong postseason run. Yeah, I agree with you on the Seahawks kind of reigniting, like trying to get that Legion of Boom going again in that secondary. Uh, Tyreek Woolen's great. Uh, and that, that sneaky signing of Julian Love was also really good as well. Uh, last night, uh, I feel so bad for these guys. The Baltimore Ravens had their 24-game preseason win streak snapped. Uh, the Commanders, I believe, it was, uh, one of the guards called it one of the stupidest records you could have. Uh, just a thought on 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 that on that whole uh, that was a fun preseason game. I don't know if you watched it last night, but it was a, it was a pretty fun game. Sam Howell looked good, but uh, just a thought on the Ravens' twenty four game preseason win streak ending. Are you kidding me? You were really questioning if I watched that game. I couldn't go to sleep last night. I was so excited. It felt like the NFL was absolutely back. That was the most exciting preseason right? game I've ever seen, man. I was absolutely enthralled with what was going on. Uh, it was late at night, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's two minutes remaining in the Commanders with Jake Braun, Georgia legend, <laughs> have a chance to put together a game-winning drive to snap a 24-game win streak. Oh, my gosh, man, the juices were absolutely flowing. <laughs> that was pretty incredible. And let me tell you, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm from the D.C. area. I've got connections with the Commanders, and I like them as one of my teams. But – I had some. I had like twenty bucks at least on the Ravens last night. So I was trying to figure out if I should cash out on my bets with these parlays I had down on my app, or I should figure out if I'm rooting for the Commanders. I had a lot of fun last night. But I mean, that's a credit to the Baltimore Ravens with, with what they were able to put together in the exhibition season. Yeah. That shows you signs of a well-run organization where their third stringers year in year out can come and win games in the preseason. That's pretty cool. But on the flip side. Sam Cosme, the offensive guard, is absolutely yes. correct. It's a meaningless stat. It means nothing. And so we need to give credit to the Washington Commanders and that home field advantage, which they legitimately <laughs> had last night, for showing up, putting together a game-winning drive, game-winning field goal, 29-28. Man, let me tell you, it really does feel like the NFL is back. Oh, yeah, that was a bit of a regional rivalry as well. What's your, what's your read on Sam Howell? He's the guy in Washington, had a good game uh, in his showing last night. Uh, what should the expect- expectations be for this group? Do you think Eric Bieniemy is going to add some more pep, excitement to that offense, kind of like what he had in Kansas City? Obviously, the tools are a little different. Yeah, i got to tell you, Sam Howell out of UNT was a prospect coming out of college that I was not that big of a fan of. I feel like UNT always had some high expectations, yeah. and it felt like they never really reached him with him as a quarterback. But I quickly fell in love with this guy last year's preseason, mm-hmm. and then that start he had against the Cowboys late in the regular mm-hmm. season as well. And the main reason why is because a couple of reasons. I mean, he's a, he seems like a dual-threat athlete. He's quick on his feet. He's got good pocket presence. He knows when he can scramble. But the other part is, and I think this is the most important thing for any young quarterback, 
they know when they need to be aggressive throwing the ball down the field. They are ready to take chances. They are ready to fully embrace the the progression that comes with being a quarterback and trying to make those throws that any every NFL quarterback needs to make. And you saw it a little bit last night. He went 19 to 25, 188 yards, and he was fitting in some tight windows. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. So yes, I'm extremely intrigued by Sam Howell. I don't have enough evidence right now to claim that he's going to be the franchise quarterback this franchise has long been searching for. But you team him up with Eric Bieniemy. That's what makes this situation really intriguing because this is a guy who's been on the head coaching market for years now. Now he finally has control and managing an offense yep. for what really is the first time in his career. It's not Andy Reid around any longer. This is all Eric Bieniemy. So him teaming up with a young Sam Howell who has shown a ton of potential. I'm excited to see what he can do. But I mean, if you zoom out a little bit, the NFC East is one of the more competitive divisions oh, yeah. in the NFL. I mean. They had three playoff teams, or yeah, three playoff teams last year. Yep. So the Commanders might be set to finish last place in the division once again. But I think this year is more about finding out if they have their franchise quarterback and that this franchise as a whole is on the right track. We're talking with Jordan Dijani, uh, CBSSports.com NFL writer. Uh, I think the AFC North might be one. Of, we talk about the NFC East there, and that's going to be a competitive division. But I think that AFC North as well is going to be one of the top to bottoms, one of the more competitive division. Cleveland's going to be better, you think. Deshaun Watson, second year in the fold. Cincinnati, well, they're just Cincinnati. They're going to be good no matter what. A healthy Lamar returns to Baltimore. And then Kenny Pickett entering his second year as starter in Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh has never finished in last place in the AFC North. What's your read on this division? No, I think you're right. The AFC North is the most competitive division top to bottom. You have no idea what's going to happen in this situation. I mean, you can really kind of plan and forecast a a path for all four of these teams to finish in first place. I mean, I think that I'd have to put my money on the Bengals because the Bengals have been perennial Super Bowl contenders for a couple of years now. And I will point out that I think adding former Chiefs left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. was arguably the most important move of the entire Mm. offseason. That's going to give Joe Burrow more time to throw than he's ever had before, in my opinion. Joe Burrow is still a young guy. So is Jamar Chase. These guys are really about to enter their prime. So that's why I have to put the Bengals at the top. But, man, the Baltimore Ravens, I find myself absolutely intrigued by this team because they have a new offense. I mean, Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator from the University of Georgia, is coming in. They're going to be passing the ball more. You saw what they did with the wide receiving core. Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers showed you what he can potentially do on the field last night against the Commanders. The Ravens are a team I really like as well. Now, the Steelers, I mean, I love Kenny Pickett. I think he showed flashes last year. I think George Pickens is about to be an absolute dog, maybe a sleeper for offensive player of the year Mm, and wide receiver there in Pittsburgh. And then Deshaun Watson, I mean, Deshaun Watson is going to be better in Cleveland than he was in 2022. You have to be. No doubt about that. So, yeah, you look at the Browns roster on paper, both sides of the ball. I mean, they possess names at all three levels, offense and defense. So the Browns are a team you can't rule out either. So I would 100% agree with you. The AFC North is the most competitive division top to bottom. Uh, a couple more with you here, uh, Jordan. The NFC South, man, uh, this, is, this is a division that uh, – it's completely wide open, really. New starting quarterbacks uh, for 2023 for all four of these clubs. Uh, maybe the two youngest in the division, Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter, maybe have the best chance to succeed given their head coaches. I know Baker Mayfield was just named a starter in Tampa Bay, but uh, you know, still you know trying to figure things out there after you know trying to get after the Tom Brady era. Uh, and then in 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 New Orleans, obviously Derek Carr might be the more most successful and, and maybe the best quarterback in the division, but. Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter, they got some young offenses to work with in, in Carolina and Atlanta. 
Yeah, if there's one division that's completely wide open, I would argue it's the NFC South. And the Saints are going to be the odds-on favorite mm-hmm. in this division with Derek Carr. It's kind of tough to forecast if he's going to have a Matthew Stafford-like effect on this franchise or a Matt Ryan effect on this franchise. And, I mean, he's going to be playing indoors for half the year, which is good for Derek Carr yep. because he does not like the cold and the outside weather, if you will. <laughs> the Saints have some veterans on both sides of the ball. I don't know if I love their head coach in Dennis Allen, so – I'm kind of more intrigued by a couple other teams in the NFC South. If I'm putting money down to maybe get some good value. One team that I've written about a lot on CBSSports.com is actually the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I think they made arguably the best hiring of the head coaching cycle in Frank Wright. What happened in Indy wasn't really his fault. They have the number one overall pick in Bryce Young, some intriguing wide receivers. Uh, Miles Sanders was previously the highest paid running back in free agency that Carolina picked up. And their defense has been solid as well when they're healthy. The thing is, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit watching Carolina the first two weeks of the preseason Mm. because their offensive line has been absolutely terrible. I mean, their left tackle has a pass-blocking grade of 14, or excuse me, 17, according to PFF. So, yeah, not very good. But, you know, the Falcons are another interesting team. I feel like there's considerable hype around this franchise. It seems like they finally have some pieces around them entering this uh, preseason. They need plenty of additions on defense. The defense is expected to be improved. And Bijan Robinson is the front runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But how much confidence do we have in Desmond Ritter? That's what I find myself kind of doubting this mm-hmm. Falcons team because if Desmond Ritter can't prove he's the franchise quarterback, the Falcons are not going to be as good as we think they are. So, And then the Buccaneers, you know, we'll see what happens. It's post-Tom Brady. They may be the favorites to finish last in the division. But I'm kind of looking at Carolina and New Orleans for yep. winning that division. Uh, in Green Bay, they turned to Jordan Love. Uh, he obviously doesn't have maybe the same weapons that uh, to begin his Packers career that Aaron Rodgers had. So obviously, uh, expectations may be a little bit tempered. But uh, for Love, like what what do you think your expectations are for this group? I think among the fan base, it's it's just tempered. Don't look out of place. But I think they're obviously really excited to start the new chapter in Green Bay. Yeah, you know, and I would argue against that, actually. I feel like the expectations have kind of been up just through the early stages of the offseason and preseason. He's had a good start. He's shown some flashes. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And if you ask me what the goal for the Packers is in 2023, it's not necessarily winning the division or making the playoffs, although both of those are possible. Yep. I just want to see that Jordan Love can be the next franchise quarterback. I want him to show legitimate flashes. I want him to grow in chemistry with his young weapons, whether that's Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Romeo Doves, Christian Watson. Really rely on those running backs with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon as well. That's what I want to see from the Packers. But the thing is, this Packers fan base has experienced a ton of winning over the past few years. the number 12, Aaron Rodgers. So, there's going to be a certain higher level of expectations when it comes to Packers football, and Jordan Love is going to have to shoulder that pressure. But, again, I think the realistic um, expectations, I just want to see him prove that he can be not only a legitimate starter mm-hmm. and quarterback in this league, but the future of the franchise as well. Yeah, I think so as well. Jordan, thank you so much. Uh, two weeks away, uh, really, from getting this all th- the whole thing started. Cannot wait, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk again here before, uh, before we get, uh, get started. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. This is George Ajani, uh, NFL writer for CBSSports.com. He joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using that same, or sorry, 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 
33-44. Yeah, NFL season around the corner, 16 days from opening night in Kansas City where the Chiefs will raise their banner, uh, welcoming the Detroit Lions into Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, a little bit of a new wrinkle there is uh, a lot of hype around the Detroit Lions group this year, obviously, uh, for how they finished last year, uh, what Dan Campbell's brought to that group. Jared Goff, seemingly rebirth of his career now here in Detroit, uh, leaving, the, leaving the Rams organization, but... Uh, We'll see. The NFC North, I think, is a pretty pretty good division. It's, it's not maybe not the best in the in the NFC, but I think the Vikings are, are probably the favorite still in my mind. Uh, they do possess maybe the best player in in all of football right now in in Jordan Jefferson or sorry, in Justin Jefferson um, and Kirk Cousins, and he's, he's just we want to see him get it done in the, in the prime time in, in the postseason. That's where he needs to make it up because uh, uh, out of the walls, the eleven o'clock starts, he's fine. But it's when you get in the prime time, it's when you start worrying about him. But uh, cannot wait, can't wait for the NFL. Best time of year in the sporting world. Uh, a couple quick notes here before we uh, get to the break. Uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have uh, uh, signed uh, one of their young players, Brandon Hagel, to an eight-year contract extension worth six point five million dollars. Coming off a career high of thirty goals, thirty-four assists, sixty-four points this past year. Of course, he was acquired uh, ahead of the twenty twenty-two uh, at the twenty twenty-two trade deadline from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for first-round picks, locking down Brandon Hagel long-term.